From the Diocese of Gallup, welcome to CrozierCast. I'm Director of Communications, Suzanne Hammonds, and as always with me is your host, Bishop James Wall. Bishop Wall, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Suzanne? Good. This is the first time we've been back in the studio together for a while because you've been out traveling a bunch, and then you're about to go out and do some more with the uh, St. Cattery Conference and some other things, so we thought we'd snag an episode today. Um, Yeah, hoping to do something at the Cattery Conference, and then also something I'm going to a a uh, profession, religious profession, the Dominican Sisters of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist. So I'm hoping to talk one of the sisters into doing, doing one with me, and then, um, and then we'll probably get a, two or three done on the Camino, going back on the Camino, um, the Camino Frances, the first 180 miles yeah. from Saint Jean Pied de Port. That'd be awesome. So today, though, we wanted to do something a little different, um, and I was kind of putting in mind of this for some reasons. Partly is that. Uh, we just finished the World Cup with uh, Croatia sadly losing, and then uh, we're in the preseason now for football, which is about to start back up. And so we kind of wanted to talk a little bit about um, sports. And so uh, I think you've mentioned several times before, this is something that's always been big in your family because your dad was a coach, right? Sure, sure. he was a high school uh, football coach and also a teacher too. And so it's always been something that's been very big in our family. Three boys, three girls. And um, we all play sports, and the three boys all played football for my dad. And so that's always been something that's been important to us, very, very important to us. Well, I think sports are kind of, you know, they're a big thing just to humans in general. Um, and they actually, you know, we thought it'd be cool to tie up, talk about how they tie into um, living a virtuous life. Because there are lots of sports figures, um, I think we mentioned, I saw this news article, the, the Croatian soccer manager carries his rosary with him. and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Lionel Messi's big soccer player. It's, um, I, th- I think he's fairly good Catholic. When I was looking it up, at least he, he tries to go to Mass, I think, and stuff like that. So there, the, a lot of times there are these sports figures who are very, uh, very faithful. And so I want to talk a little bit about um, how do you think it ties in, because it's something that was integral to how you were raised and to a lot of people, whether they watch or play. How does that part, uh, tie into being an all-around virtuous person? Sure. Well, I think... Um, we always want to look at a good balance in our life. And, you know, I think when things kind of get out of whack, when they get out of balance, it can, it can create problems in our, in our lives. So I think one of the things that we want to do with our lives is making sure that we're getting, you know, proper exercise, we're, we're treating our bodies well. Um, as, you know, the, uh, the short story of Flannery O'Connor, the, the body's the temple of the Holy Ghost, right? Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that we're... we're treating our body well. We're being good stewards of the gifts that we've received from the Lord. And one of the ways that we can do that is by participating in, in athletics. And I think in, in particular, I think participating in uh, teams, team sports, because team sports are great. They, they help you to learn how to cooperate with one another. Um, they help you to learn to listen to someone. Um, if you have a coach or coaches or a manager or director or whatever, the case might be. So it helps you to, to listen to someone and it helps you to, to learn to, to take direction too. I think just kind of on a basic level, I think those are, those are things that are, are very, very good. But, you know, looking at your body and um, treating your body well and, and making sure that you're training and doing things well. As I mentioned, I'm getting ready to go back out on the Camino for 190 miles. And so I'm working and getting my body back into Camino shape. It's it's not wise to show up on day one and say I'm going to walk myself into shape. 
uh, you usually pass those people or see those people taking a day off after about day two or three or sometimes day two. Um, I was thinking that one of the scripture quotes I think is important, um, and I think a lot of people, um, they'll, they'll go back to this one, and that's from St. Timothy in 1 Corinthians 9.24, when he talks about, uh, do you know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize, so run that you may obtain the prize. Now we can look at that in a, just a purely worldly sense, and we look at it in terms of sports, and we should train uh, to win, we should strive to win, uh, whether it's as a team, whether it's like in a race, an individual, um, but we should strive to, to, to be number one. Now, if we're not, you can only have one person that's number one. And if we, we don't come in first place and maybe come in another place in an event, um, it doesn't mean that we give up, but we just keep persevering. So I think that's one of the things that can help us in terms of the virtue of fortitude in order to, uh, to strengthen us, strengthen our resolve, in order to do well, in order to compete well. And, um, and, and always be a good sport. I think that's, that's key too. Who's the guy from Brazil? The, uh, uh, the famous flopper? Neymar. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't know if he's a very good sport. Well, there's this, this joke. So there's recently we found out, um, which is great, that all those kids were rescued from the cave in Thailand. Yes. So they, they this group of kids, if you, uh, you know, they, they went missing with their soccer coach and they were rescued. But you have to, they didn't know how to swim or how to scuba and everything. So people were joking after after Brazil lost. It's like, well, Neymar's an expert diver. Send him down there to rescue those kids, you know. <laughs> but yeah, he does that because if for people who aren't as familiar with soccer, um, it's it's technically sort of against the rules, but generally the refs, the, the officials don't call it. So a lot of players as a strategy will try to draw a foul. They'll, they'll try to pretend that they were fouled when they weren't in order to get a penalty kick which a lot of times a penalty kick, especially if it's in the box, can be an easy goal. So it's a sort of a form of cheating almost, is to try to act like another player fouled you. And, and so Neymar is one of the ones who famously does this. I mean, somebody will just like pat him on the back, say, hey man, good job, and he'll just go down and start mm-hmm. screaming and holding it. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of almost like cheating and, and people Well, it don't, is, it's yeah. dishonest. Yeah, it's dishonest. It's being dishonest. And in 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 if I'm, I think I'm right in saying this, I don't think we see it nearly as much in women's soccer. Mm-mm, no. And uh, which, you know, so it's kind of embarrassing for the men that they do things like that. Even to the point in other sports, when somebody does something like that, they refer to it as a soccer flop. Yeah. So yeah. if it's if it's in basketball or football, <laughs> even in hockey. Um, well, now, hockey, you just punch the other guy, right? Well, now, <laughs> now they, they um, so if you're, if you're not, not being honest about it, and in hockey now, you, you can go into the penalty box for yeah. taking a dive or taking a soccer flop. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that's uh, <laughs> Neymar, that guy. Um, but I think that's, that's, that's uh, that 1 Corinthians 9.24, I think that's a good scriptural passage in, in order to, uh, uh, to think about when we're talking about sports, participating in sports, whether it's a team sports, whether it's individual, whether it's just simply training or staying in good shape. Um, you want to treat your body for what your body is, and that is the uh, the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah, that's a good point. And um, I think one thing that's kind of talking about Neymar that's kind of sad is I think he's he's pretty outspoken. That he says he's like an evangelical Christian, but in a way, it's, it almost makes it worse when you see his behavior on the field if he's not acting up to accordance. It almost gives it you know a worse reputation in a way. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, it's not great. Yeah, I agree, and it's 
mention too another good scriptural quote is First Timothy uh, chapter four verse eight where it says, "For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of a value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come." So we can, you know, be very disciplined about you know training, staying in shape, making sure that we're in good shape and good health, but even to know. Um, that even more so more importantly is our relationship with the Lord to making sure that that's good, that's strong. So be very disciplined in that. So fortitude, show the virtue of fortitude in our how, we, how it is that we um, grow in the spiritual life, our relationship with the Lord and His church. So growing up when, when you know, knowing your dad was such a, and he's a pretty well-known coach in your town, and being coached by him, were there any specific lessons that he taught you and your siblings that you kind of remembered throughout your whole life? Um, there are two. Um, and, and unfortunately, we see this, you can see it on TV, you can hear about it, but um, my father uh, never cursed and didn't curse at us as players or as a team and didn't tolerate it from us as so he's, well. he's no Bobby Knight is what you're saying. No, right? not at all. <laughs> and I, I think what that does is too, is it, it's, uh, it helps to, um, it, it, it helps to foster control. And so you don't lose your mind. So in difficult times, you just don't completely go ballistic. And you see that sometimes on the TV, yeah. you know, pro sports, you know, some a guy doesn't get targeted like he thinks he should be targeted or gets his touches like he thinks he should get his touch or he didn't get a strike like he thought he should get a strike. And they just go ballistic and they actually throw like a temper tantrum. And it's, first of all, it's embarrassing, but second of all, it doesn't show much control. Yeah. And, and they, they can verbally go off. And if we look in James uh, chapter three, and it talks about the tongue and the gift of the tongue and the gift of speech. And we can go one of two ways with it, really. We can use it the proper way to Praise God, lift other people up, say what's good, righteous, and true, or we can do the complete opposite. And um, and you know when little kids throw a temper tantrum, we try to teach them that's not right to do. But unfortunately, we see adults on TV making millions and millions of dollars, and they're throwing a temper tantrum. They're acting like a toddler. It's kind of embarrassing. So that's one of the things that my my dad my dad taught. Um, and then the I think one of the other things that he he taught us uh, also was, um, you know, if you're going to criticize, it needs to be constructive criticism. And so as, you know, as teammates, you don't want to tear each other down just simply to tear each other down. You know, if you thought a guy missed you on a pass, or if you thought a guy missed a block, or if you thought somebody missed a tackle, um, not to tear into them, but to be constructive in terms of, you know, kind of build them up, lifting them up, give them an attaboy every once in a while, things like that. I think those were two things, and I, I think those are those are really, both of them kind of have to do with speech, but I think both of those are really good and help to uh, uh, to lift lift uh, your teammates up, and because you want them to do the same for you. Yeah. Usually the person that throws a temper tantrum, they don't receive that very well either, and so, uh, yeah, I, I would say those are two really important things. Um, as you might imagine, my dad was a very, very faithful Catholic, and a lot of that really, um, he was able to see that in his coaching. And in the summers, because he was a, a football coach, and he was also the, uh, he was the first coach for the Arizona um, 
uh, Weightlifting Coaches Association, hmm. uh, Strength Coaches Association in Arizona. He was the first president for that. And so weightlifting was very, very big for him, even when we were up on the reservation in the early 60s. And about that time, they were saying, no, people would get muscle-bound and they wouldn't be able to run or jump or all these silly things. And so he even did that, and that was always very important for him. But in the summertime, in our hometown in Chandler, he always ran for parks and recreation. He ran the football program, or the, the weight training program. So you would have people that were training for sports coming up, but you would also have his former athletes that would come back. And my dad always had a little desk, and on that desk was you know, some of the work he was doing, but he always had his Bible, and he always had it open. And it was a great way of um, engaging people in faith without really saying, you know, engaging them. And uh, my dad was really, really keen on that. And so you would see his faith really shine forth and how it was that he coached. And I, I think that's important for coaches too, uh, to be deeply rooted and grounded in faith. You hear about the, you know, a lot of coaches that will talk about their faith. I, I've met a few, and I remember one of the guys that really, really impressed me, he's a National uh, League football coach, is uh, Jack Del Rio. And I met he and his wife. I was celebrating Mass for the Jacksonville Jaguars when he was with them. And I, I met them, and they stopped by after Mass and talked to me for, for quite some time about their faith. And I could see that their Catholic faith was really important. Um, another person who really stood out to me, I had a good conversation with him, was Terry Donahue. And he was the former uh, head football coach for UCLA. And at the time, he, I think he was a general manager for San Francisco 49ers. But he's a very devout Catholic, and you can see that uh, through his, just how he, how he carries himself. And um, with Del Rio, and I think with Donahue, I think both of them, um, you're able to see their Catholic faith really shine through in their lives. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Um, and do you think any of the lessons that you learned while you were playing and growing up in this kind in a, in a culture where sports were important, has that helped you now, um, like as a bishop or as a leader at all? Sure, I think so. You know, you see, you see with a team, you have a coach, you see a team, you have a captain, you have a kind of a, a point man, or in basketball, you have a point guard that kind of directs things. And I think if we took a, a sports analogy and we applied it to the church, as a bishop, you know, the bishop really is kind of the point guard for the diocese or the, the head coach or the captain that kind of directs things. And, you know, as a captain, a coach, or you know, a point guard, you don't do everything, but you, you kind of set things in motion and watch over things. And a good coach or a good point guard or a good captain um, helps to make others better. And, um, and tries, I don't, I'm not a micromanager, and I, I, don't, I don't think that's a, a good thing in, in terms of a leader. I think what you do is you allow people to do uh, what they are, are called to do, and, then, um, and if they need your assistance, you help them when they, when they ask for it. Or if you see that they're kind of going astray, you want to pull them back a little bit. So I think, I think a lot of that it probably goes back to my, how I was raised. My dad was a, you know, he was a coach. He really was a coach. And they named one of the high schools, the football stadium in Chandler, Basha High School, they named the football field after him. Mm. And it says Coach Jim Wall. And that's, that's, who, that's who he was. And so I think so many of us 
take a lot of things that we learn from uh, our fathers and our mothers. But um, for my dad, especially being a, being a man, um, I learned lots and lots of things about him in terms of leadership. And a lot of that goes back to his relationship with, um, with our Lord and with the church. He was a devout, very, very devout Catholic. Do you think that developed even more? Because uh, both of your parents were converts. They were. Right? So would you, do you think um, that developed over time after they converted, or was that devotion kind of always present? My dad was an interesting guy because he grew up in a house that didn't have any faith or didn't practice faith. And so when he left the house at 18 or so, and if he ever went to church, he would go to the Catholic church. So when my mother met him in college, she thought he was Catholic, but he wasn't. But that was my, my, that was my dad's mindset. And I used to always say, you know, if he was going to go to church, if he was going to go, even if he weren't Catholic, then he was going to go to the place where they did it right. That was his, <laughs> that was his mindset. Yeah. And um, so he, he, I, think he, I think the Lord, even at a younger age, was preparing his heart kind of to, re- to receive that. But... As a you know, as the first cradle Catholic, I grew up in a, a house of converts. So I'm kind of a convert too. Yeah. In terms of that was how I, that's how I was raised, and so everything was was kind of new. Um, but that all I can that's all I can ever remember um, about my father. Um, the most important thing in his life was his his faith, and it it impacted you know how he was a father, how he was a husband, how he was a father how he was a teacher, how he was a coach. It kind of impacted everything in his life. Yeah. And now, um, as we kind of move into the, the home stretch here, are there any um, figures on a national or international scale that you think are um, good role models as, as far as sports go? I mean, we talked about some, some bad, but are, are there ones that you think exemplify good virtue in what they do? Well, I, I, I think I read an article a little bit about uh, Coach K at, at Duke, and he's, he is a Catholic himself. And I think he's somebody that, that, that carries himself well. I think he's somebody that, that um, really puts forth virtue and tries to instill virtue in his, uh, in his players. I think that's, that's key. Um, I'm gonna be just shameless on this one. Uh, Sean Miller for the University of Arizona Wildcats. I know that he is Catholic and he does practice his faith. And uh, I think he's, an, he's another one that helps to really kind of um, instill and, and uh, foster virtue in his players as well. I wish we could get him to stay there a little longer than some of the players longer than one year. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's, that seems to be the, the scope of, uh, of, of college basketball, uh, college basketball right now. Um, I did have a, uh, a former parishioner of mine, was a former NBA player and, um, and also an NBA coach, Jeff Hornacek. And I think that was, he's a, he's a great example of somebody like that. He was very involved in the life of our parish and our school, uh, great husband, great father, and all, all that had to do with his Catholic faith. So I think that's, some, I'm saying somebody I know, and then I'm going to do another name drop, Alvin Adams, who is a, a Phoenix Suns great, is a very devout Christian. And um, but you can really see that he's, he's a good man, really good man and a friend of mine, and so I think he, he's, a, he's another one, I think, on a kind of a national level. There's a lot of people, and there are a lot of people out there, and I, so I think when we see people that, that are witnessing to their faith, somebody like Kurt Warner, 
Again, I'm dropping all my favorite uh, <laughs> teams and stuff. But if you see somebody like Kurt Warner, um, if you see like this year the Philadelphia Eagles when they won the World Series. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You quarterback, right? Was yeah, it? Nick yeah. Foles. Again, another former Arizona Wildcat. And uh, so if you see these guys and they get up there and, and right away, um, I think it's powerful to see the first thing they want to say is they want to, they want to, they want to owe it all to their faith, mm-hmm. right? And, um, and I think that's important. That's being a good steward because in order to be a good steward, it's acknowledging and recognizing that all that I am, all that I have, all that I'm able to do is because of God. As St. Bonaventure would say, um, all, all is gift. And so I, I think, I think that's, that's pretty key in a lot of those things um, to, to recognize that. And so when you see these guys first and foremost say, give thanks to, to my Lord and Savior, yeah. Kurt Warner was great about doing that. Uh, Nick Foles did that. We heard it over and over and over again this year when the, um, the Philadelphia Eagles um, won the, the Super Bowl. Hopefully one of these days when my Arizona Cardinals win the Super Bowl, I'll hear that too. Yeah. Um, I know that the, the <laughs> team president and uh, Michael Bidwell is, a, is a, a practicing Catholic too. So We'll have to get some of these guys on as guests. Maybe That'd be cool. great. That'd be great. Oh, I think we have to give a shout-out too to J.J. Uh, Watt. His foundation gave us uh, our through school new basketball uniforms, yeah. which is pretty sweet. And then he uh, volunteered to he – co- he covers costs for like the Houston Hurricane and things like that too, so his foundation does a lot of – He's, an, work, he's an amazing man, yeah. really is an amazing man. We look at what he did with you know, the fallout from the, the hurricane, and uh, boy, he's, he's a rock star. If you've ever been to Houston, he is an absolute rock star there, and for good reason yeah. because he's a, he's a great football player, but I think he's a better man than, that, than a football player, and that really, I think that shows through, through, through his own faith. Um, Philippians 4.13, that's the one that was coming to my mind, and I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And I think that anyone, whether you're, you're a, a pro athlete, college athlete, a school athlete, or just a casual weekend athlete, and you're, you're training your body, just to remember that, that I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That's a, I think that's a good word to meditate upon whenever we're, we're doing anything. Um, but especially, I think, in this, in the, when we're speaking about this, um, to recognize it all goes back to the Lord yeah. and to rely upon the Lord for all things. Of course, finally, you know, I might have to use a picture for this podcast is uh, JP2, who is an avid outdoorsman. So there's that kind of sports, too, where he, was, he would ski, he would hike, backpack, all kinds of stuff, you know. So if that's more your jam, you know, even John Paul II was into that. When I was in the seminary, the, at, right outside my door in the hallway, we had a picture of John Paul II on skis. What? One of my absolute favorite all-time photos of anybody ever is there's JP2. I think he's just a priest at the time. And he's sitting outside, and there's like a mirror hanging from a tree branch, and he's shaving, yep, and he's yep. cross-legged, and he has the converse on, and it's it's amazing. I'll have to put that in I'll our, in our show notes. Too. It's fantastic. Anytime yeah. you can put up a photo of JP too is yeah. great. But it's especially because you're so used to seeing him as the Pope. It's it's so great to see him in the in the more sometimes you know reminder that he was human, and and that if we follow, you know, that we too as human beings can become like him, you know, and sainthood and stuff. So. And I think that's too. If we look at team sports and. Whether we're a player or whether we're a spectator, I think one of the things we always want to remember is, you know, when they ask our Lord, what's the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your, with all your strength. The second is like it, to love your neighbors yourself. To realize that whether it's a teammate, whether we're a spectator and we're watching something, these are all people creating the image and likeness of God. And I think 
we don't want to ever lose sight of that. Yeah. Uh, because sometimes, you know, people can get pretty nasty with teammates or pretty nasty towards oh, players yeah. and or like opposing fans. Or oh, it's like awful. That, yeah. It's absolutely awful. And and then so what we realize is what we start to do is we're not um, treating and seeing these people as Jesus sees these people. So we always want to look at the other. Uh, through the eyes of Christ. We want to do that 24-7. You like Japanese World Cup fans. They clean up the stadium after everything's done, and it's great. That's awesome. Yeah, they're pretty good. All right, well, thank you so much, Bishop Wall, for uh, sitting down with us between all your crazy traveling schedule and everything. Um, as always, you can uh, follow us on iTunes, SoundCloud, find us online, send us a question, leave us a review that helps other, others find us, and uh, thanks, as always, for listening. Thanks, Thanks. Bishop Wall. God bless. Thank you.